Hi friends, I'm Carrie Ann with Salty and Bright. And with me today, I have Pastor Ray Sabo. He is the um, lead pastor of the Life Church of God Worship Center in Kaduna, Nigeria. And I've known Pastor Ray for over a year now. And um, today we're going to talk about the effectiveness of prayer and the danger of um, prayerlessness. So, Pastor Ray, would you like to start off with an opening prayer? Thank you very much. God bless you, Karian, for this opportunity. Father, we thank you. We appreciate you for yet another opportunity, Lord, to present your word and speak your word for people to be blessed, for people's lives to be transformed. We ask in the name of Jesus that this word, Lord, will go beyond just the leaders. The leaders of the world, the spirit of the world, oh God, will consume the leaders in the name of Jesus. And people's lives will be transformed. I decree and I declare in Jesus' name that our listeners, whatever be the challenge in their lives, Lord, you are going to cause a deliverance for them. And those who are struggling with their prayer life, by the reason of this word, I decree and declare that you will rekindle the fire of prayers in them. Thank you for hearing us, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so very much for that, Pastor. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this particular subject, not only am I currently doing a series on prayer for my YouTube channel, but I do see it as an issue amongst Christians, um, you know, diving into prayer or, I mean, not all Christians pray as they should. Um, the Bible does say that we're to pray without ceasing. Um, we're supposed to pray and not faint, but we find ourselves preoccupied with a lot of things today. There are many distractions. And so I find that we may not be praying as often as we should. Um, so I wanted to highlight the effectiveness of prayer. But what is prayer? All right. Thank you very much. Prayer is simply uh, simply a conversation between uh, humanity and divinity. Yeah. It is me having conversation with God, talking to my God and asking him to meet me at the point of my need or asking him to meet somebody at the point of his need. Right. So when I pray, I am actually having a conversation with God. And, and this is one of the greatest things that God wants for every Christian. God wants every Christian to have conversation with him. In fact, he created us for his pleasure. And that pleasure is for him to come and have communication and have fellowship and have conversation with us. So if we are not having fellowship or conversation with him, we are actually uh, not living according to the purpose for which God created us. And the vehicle for which we used to have this conversation is what we call prayer. Thank you, Pastor Ray. That, that is, it's simple yet profound. So God wants us to talk to him. God is not some distant being far, far away. <laughs> he wants mm. to have a close relationship with us. Um, he is near to us. He's a prayer away. Um, and we do have the whole, if you're a Christian, you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit living within you, then he is right there with you. So thank you for, for explaining what prayer is. Um, sometimes we complicate it. Sometimes we make it a little too simple, but it really is 
a conversation, not just us, you know, giving God the laundry list, Lord, I need this. I want this. I need this. I want this. Help me with this. Come through for me in this area. It's a conversation, right? Yeah. What do you think are some ways that we can be more effective in our prayers? All right. First, uh, before I go into that, I want us to, if you have a Bible with you, Luke chapter 18, verse 1, you know, sometimes it's also good, even though you know the scriptures, it's also good for you to look at it. Because in looking at it, possibly the Holy Spirit can impress some truth or lift some truth out of, out of those scriptures. In Luke chapter 18, verse 1, why we must pray. Luke 18, verse 1. I read. Okay, go ahead. Jesus. Okay, if you have it there, you can go ahead and read for me. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men yeah. always to pray and not to faint. Now he told a, a parable. The intention of the parable is for, for me and you to wake up and begin to be a people of prayer. If we, if we don't pray, if we don't live up to our expectation as pr a prayerful people or as a prayerful people that God has created us to be, mm -hmm. what happens is that we will begin to, to faint. We begin to get weak in our spirit. God doesn't want that for you. God, yes, it is wanting for you to be saved. You are born again, but you need to stay alive to God at all times. Um, the only way out of it is by prayers. Jesus gave a parable and the parable, the intention of the parable is that you should do what? You should pray and not to faint. You never give up except, except you have gotten a result of the prayer. In fact, there's no time where you are even called to pray, to, to give up. In another version of, of, of this particular passion of scriptures, maybe maybe the New Living, uh, uh, New International Version, it says, it says uh, men ought always to pray and not to give up. Men ought always to pray and not to give up. The enemy is looking for opportunity to make you give up on God. He's looking for opportunity to make you not to trust God. But you see, when you stay in the place of prayer, you will not give up, right? Then I'll go to the next scripture that I want to also quote for you, which is Matthew chapter 21, verse 22. Matthew chapter 21, verse 22. Matthew 21, verse 22. In order for us not to waste the time, let me read. And yeah. all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. And all things whatsoever, there is no, look at the statement again, whatsoever. All things whatsoever, all things whatsoever, you shall ask in prayer, you shall receive. So God or Jesus is speaking to me and you right now, telling us that every time we come before God in the place of prayer, what happens, we will receive. So if you have no reason to pray, but the fact that the answers will come is a major reason why you should do what? You should pray. You ought to pray because when you pray in faith, when you pray believing, what happens? you will always receive. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to give you seven reasons why you should pray. Yeah. Seven reasons why you should pray. And I, I always like to use the word seven because seven is, you know, you know the, the, there's a lot of stitches on that that will tell you that seven means completion and the rest of it. But you see, seven, the, I have seven reasons right now that I'll just present to you. Maybe we can, we can deliberate on, on each of these issues and see yes. 
what God has to, to say to, to me, to say to you and to those that are watching us currently, right? Seven reasons why we should pray. Number one reason is that prayer will help build our relationship with Jesus. Yes. Number one reason, prayer will help build our relationship with Jesus. How did I get saved? I got saved by believing in Jesus, believing that he died for my sins and he resurrected again. And then he said, if I confess him with my mouth and believe in my heart, then I shall be saved. Now, yeah. I, when I became born again, mm -hmm. I built or I established a relationship between me and Jesus. There's already a relationship. But you see, this relationship needs to be built. This relationship, for example, you are a married woman, right? Yes. Now, the first day the man comes, he talks, he spoke to you, and then you accepted that you are going to get married to him, and then you just stop at that. No, there was <laughs> continual conversation that went on and on and on between you and this man. And yes. what happened in there? It made a marriage to be what it is today, right? Yes. So, what prayer is is on that existing relationship, it will continue to build that relationship. Yes, yes I know Jesus as my savior. I know yes. Jesus as a grave. The Bible says the grace of our Lord Jesus, mm -hmm. the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So I already know the grace of Jesus in, at salvation. But yes. I want to know the love of God. And then I want to know the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Now, prayer is what will help me build myself to be able to know the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit and the love of God as a father to me. Yes. There's no doubt Jesus loves me. There's yes. no doubt God loves you, yes. right? Yes. You know it that you have read it in the scripture that God loves you and he loves me. And because he loves me, he loves me, then good things will happen to me. But you see, that you know it in your head that he loves you doesn't mean that you have experienced that love. So yes. what do you do? You have to start having conversation with him. Then the more you converse with him, the more you communicate with him, the more you begin to know him to be a father that loves you. He begins to reveal himself unto you as a loving father. Suddenly, deep down within you, you just know. It doesn't matter what anybody does to me. It doesn't matter who hates me or who does not like me. It doesn't matter who likes me or who, who, who dislikes me. One thing is certain. Jesus loves me. Yes. Right? How did I come to that reality? I came to that reality as a result of having fellowship or having communication or praying to my God, right? Hebrew, uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 and 19, we explain, explain this for us better. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, uh -huh. verse 14 to 19. I so, read here. All right. Okay, go ahead. For this, you mean read verse 14 through 19? Yes. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with the might of his spirits in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, 
being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with the fullness of God. Now look at it again. He said, for this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's prayer. Yes. Yes. He came to pray to God. To yes. pray to God so that what will happen? That the people will build themselves. Eh? And then while they are building themselves, what happens in the place of prayer? You get strengthened with might by the Spirit of God. Yes. Strength comes by the Spirit of God. Mm. Right? In your inner man. He said, yes. and that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. And he being rooted and grounded in love. So yeah. you want to be rooted and grounded in love. You want to love your neighbor as yourself. You want to even love your enemy and do good <laughs> to them who despisefully use you. If you are not prayer, I'm sorry, it's not possible. Oh. It's only the prayerful Christian that can yeah. easily do this thing because you are not. You depend on Jesus' strength. Yes. When you come to pray, you are actually you will see it as we continue to talk. You will yes. see that by continually praying to God is a way of expressing my dependence on him right yeah. i depend on jesus and the rest of it but when you go to the last verse which is verse 19 okay from verse 18 and 19 he said for you to be able to comprehend with every other sense you can't know that anything you can't know the height the breadth the dimension of god's law all of the dimension of god's law except you come in the place of prayer yes you yes. want to have the fullness of god in you you want to be filled with the fullness of god come to prayer you have to wake up and pray, right? Mm -hmm. for, God, for you to build yourself to a point where you know Jesus. I mean, you know that you know that you know, that you really, 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 really know <laughs> that he is a loving father. You need to learn to wake up and to pray. I don't know if you have something else to say. Yes, I see prayer as the same way we get up and we, we, we plug up our devices so that it will get power. In order yeah. to charge our devices, we have to hook it up to the power source. I mm. see prayer as a means of hooking up ourselves or our spirit to God. So our humanity meets divinity and we get charged, charged up with the fullness of God. So when we don't pray, we're low on charge. We don't pray. We lose charge, right? And yeah. So I see that as a way of of getting your daily charge is mm. to get into the presence of God, talk to Him, and get your charge. Charge up. Yeah. 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 So prayer is a source that yes. gives strength. From and it's not about do. being rooted and grounded. When you yes. think of power. You, it has to be rooted and grounded, or else it can be very dangerous, right? Yes. So, so I say I just see that whole thing as a as a as it relates to power or or electricity or or charge. So yeah, I saw that in 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 that's, what that, that, that's a wonderful way of even expressing it. All right, so we'll go to we'll go to my number two, my number yeah. two point. I hope we have enough time for me to finish up all of these things. My <laughs> number two point is that. Prayer will help you, will help me to overcome temptation. A prayerful Christian has strength to overcome temptation. Now, everything I'm going to say, I'm going to back it up with scriptural truth. Yes. How, whether Jesus said it or the, the apostles, what they said with regards to that matter. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Now, if you want to live above temptation, by experience, hold on, by experience, mm-hmm. I have known that it's easier for you to overcome temptation when you are on fire in the place of prayer. When you are prayerful, is you just walk away from. In fact, there are some temptation that the devil throws at you. It's just it's just irritating to you. Something that ordinarily you will dive into it, but for the sake of of prayer that has been burning within you, it makes those things irritating. Yeah. I'll give you one scripture. What Jesus said to his disciples in Luke chapter twenty-two, verse thirty-nine and verse forty. Said and he came out and went as he was as he was wounded. To the Mount of Olives, and his disciple also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, "Pray that ye enter not into temptation." Now, listen. If you are prayerful, you enter into temptation. Wow. wow. Am I saying temptation will not come? No. In fact, the temptation will intensify. It will come. You but you see, yield. When you pray, you cannot. You will not yield to temptation. Yes. Yes. Because one of the things prayer does for me and you is unconsciously, mm-hmm. whether or not you know it, is when you begin to pray, a lot of things start dying in, inside of you. Mm-hmm. A lot of desires start dying. You will notice that some things that you used to love, they start fading away from your heart. Yes. And then suddenly, the devil comes to throw that, throw that in at you. For example, maybe I'm a lover of money. I want money by all costs. And then I give myself to prayer. Lord, give me money, give me money. Suddenly, the first thing God will begin to do as I'm praying such kind of prayer, what he will do is he'll be killing the desire, the inordinate affection for money. He'll be killing it suddenly. Even when he answers and brings the money, the money becomes useless. I want to use it for his kingdom and so on and so forth, right? So I am no longer being controlled by what I am asking God to give to me. Why? Because he has succeeded in killing the desire for yes. it and making it an idol in my heart. Mm-hmm. So Jesus was saying that if you pray, you will not enter into temptation. But if you don't pray, you will enter into temptation. Isn't it interesting that when you stop praying, that is when you struggle to want to overcome a lot of temptation. Mm-hmm. Check your life and check, compare. Yes. Do uh, uh, when, we, when we were in school, they say compare and contrast. Mm-hmm. Compare and contrast and, and see when you were prayerful, when you were Giving, you were praying every night. You spend all of your time with Jesus in prayers. Check that time and the time when you were weak in prayers. Compare mm-hmm. how you related to tem- different kind of temptation. And you see, the devil is a smart one. He will come with the thing that you don't expect him to come with. Yes, yes. You understand? He will yeah. come with those two. But you see, when you pray. You will not enter. Jesus said, pray so that you will not enter into temptation. And that word enter could be, you will not yield to temptation. Temptation yes. will come. But when they come, what will you do? You will cross over. You will overcome. You will do like Jesus. And Jesus went over to the other side. He yeah. overcame temptation. I want to be an overcomer of temptation, right? So yes. let us pray. In fact, in, in Jesus' prayers, when he was teaching his disciples to pray, what did he say? He said, lead us not into temptation. Yes. yes. Lead us not into temptation. Yes. So, and then when you read the book of, I think, James, he said, when you are tempted, it is, let no man say it is God that tempted him. It's not God that tempts. It is the devil that tempts. Yes. Right? Let no man say God tempted, because God does not tempt people with evil. 
if God wants to test me, he will not come and use evil to test me with it. Yes. Right? If God wants to test my loyalty, he will just want me to do something for him instead of bringing a temptation that, that, that can destroy me if I fall into it. So yes. let no man say he is tempted of God. So let's get it clearly. Temptation comes from the devil. And the way to overcome it is to be prayerful, to be a prayerful Christian. When you are a prayerful Christian, you will walk over and walk away from temptation. I think we do need to emphasize that in talking to God, it is a conversation. So it's, it's a conversation. We're talking to God. God is also talking to us. But in our yes. talking to God, we are reminding him of the things that he told us. So yeah. in overcoming temptation, if you look at the way Jesus dealt with temptation, when the, when the devil came to him in the wilderness, he came back with, it is written, it is written, it is written. So we are praying God's word, right? We're asking for something and we're, we're pleading yeah. our cause with him and we're giving him reason as to why, you know, what his word says about the particular matter. And yeah. No, and also knowing his word, he'll answer us with, with his word. We'll hear from him. He will use his word. He's not going to go contrary to his word. So we'll know that it is him who is speaking. So when you were talking earlier about leading not to temptation, we're told that, you know, we're to be angry and sin not. And Jesus told us to, you need to pray for your enemies. And the more you pray for your enemies, is the less hold they have on you. Next thing you know is you're not holding that grudge against them anymore. Next thing you know is you want what's best for them. And next thing you know is you're actually praying for them to prosper. So before they were your enemy, you were angry and you were upset with them. But God said to pray for you. Jesus said, pray for your enemies. Love them that curse you. Bless them, right? And so you're praying like that because God says that's how we're to, to pray. And then that anger, that hatred, that wrath that was in your heart, God breaks that down. So you're not tempted to hate anymore. You're not tempted to seek revenge. You're not tempted to, to, to get your payback. You're now wanting this person to prosper. You're wanting God to deliver them. You're looking for salvation for this person. And so that's another way, um, you know, resisting temptation through prayer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a good one. Then we go to the third one. I told you seven, right? Yes. So we have one, two, and three. Yes. The first one is to build a relationship. The second is to to overcome temptation. Now the third, the third is a prayerful Christian is a Christian that knows the will of God and lives the will of God. Now we hear people say you have to find out the will of God and live the will of God. Now you will only be putting people to be struggling with their lives. Just yeah. be prayerful. It is easier for you to know the will of God when your heart is mingled with the heart of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Even when he does not speak to you, because the spirit of God in you is at play or is at work, what happens is you just know what God will want to do concerning a particular matter at every given time. Right? Now, I'm going to read and I propose that I'm going to do scriptures on everything that I'm going to say to yeah. prove my point, okay. right? Colossians, and I like to do that from the New Testament. Colossians chapter one, verse nine. I read, he said, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of the will of God in all wisdom 
and spiritual understanding. Mm -hmm. That you will be filled with all wisdom and spiritual understanding, mm -hmm. right? That you will be filled with the knowledge of the will of God in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you will be filled with the knowledge of the will of God. Mm -hmm. So I am praying, and by the reason of my prayers, what happens is that the Holy Ghost begins to fill me with the knowledge of his will. Suddenly, even when nobody spoke to me, he said, he said you don't even need a teacher because the anointing within you teaches you all things, right? Now, what is happening? Suddenly, I am just knowing. I didn't hear God say to me, but deep down within me, I know this is the will of God concerning this matter. So how then will I be filled? Look at Paul. He said, I bow my knees in prayer. Yes. I bow my knees in prayer that you should be filled. So mm -hmm. it is prayer that fills you up with the knowledge of the will of God in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Mm -hmm. That is the way God would have wanted that thing to be handled. That mm -hmm. is the way, that is the way that, that you know it deep down within you. Yes. You just know it that God wants you to lift up your right hand. You just know it. It's not written anywhere in the Bible. It just, you just know it that God really wants you to lift up your right hand. And when you lift up your right hand, he gets glorified. Why? Because he has succeeded in making you to know or to have the knowledge of his will at yes. that particular point. Yes. He, said, he said, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the glory of the king to search them out. Yes. What am I searching out? I'm searching out the will of God. Now, yes. how am I searching it out? As I come and put my knees on the ground, what I am doing is I am being filled with the knowledge of the will of God. So that thing that God has concealed and is wanting me to actually go on an adventure of finding out, I just know it because the Holy Ghost lives inside of me. So yes. do you want to know the will of God for your life? Do you want to know what God is saying to you at this particular time? Just become prayerful. Sometimes yes. he may speak to you, but sometimes he will put a knowing inside of you. There are various ways God can speak to you. He just feel you. You just know it. You don't know how you know it, but you just know that you know that you know. You yeah. know, I used to tell people, they, they ask me, are you born again? How do you know you are born again? I just tell them that I know that I know, that I know that I know, that I know that I know, that I really, 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 really know that I am born again. Yeah. How did that come to pass? That came as a result of my fellowship with Jesus. I know him too well, right? I know him too well to begin to doubt that he loves me. Yes. I know him too well to begin to doubt his will at every given time. Yeah. So if you want to know the will of God concerning your life, concerning your family, concerning your business, concerning everything you put your, your endeavors generally, yes. right? Just become prayerful. Yes. There will be days where you just feel like not going out. You just yeah. know that the Holy Ghost, that is the will of God for you at that particular day. Stay indoor. When you stay indoor, you protect yourself from trouble. Let me give you a testimony. Yes. Or rather, a story that was told. A young lady who uh, got up in the morning and then she dressed and put on a red shirt. Yes. When she put on a red shirt, deep down within her, something told her, pull out that red shirt and drop it. She pulled the red shirt and dropped it and put on another shirt. Yes. When she got to a particular position while she was standing in that place, somebody who was dressed in that kind of a red shirt committed crime and was running away. And the oh person escaped God. and the police would have picked her up. The, God did not say, tell her anything. She just knew deep down within her. Wow. She just knew deep down within her. I'm tell, telling you, 
you can know the will of God at every given time, even concerning every matter of your life. Listen, Jesus wants to speak to you about every issues of your life. Can you imagine? He said even the number of your hair. Wow. In fact, not the one in the head, the one that has fallen to the ground. He said he takes note of them. The one, something you don't, you don't care about, he cares mm. about it on your behalf. How much more? The real issues of your life. Yes. If you care, if he cares about the real issues, then he's going to show you uh, his will concerning those matters. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's so good. we go to the third one. I, the yeah. fourth one now. You said? The fourth oh, one. Oh, you have something to say? The fourth no, one. No, no. Yes. All right. So uh, prayer is a weapon of spiritual warfare. Absolutely. Oh, so, sorry, that's the fifth one. I'm going to the fifth one. I'm coming. This one is a special one to talk about, right? Uh, prayer accomplishes God's work. Prayer helps us to accomplish God's work. Yes. Now I want to read John 14, verse 12. John 14, verse 12. John 14, verse 12, down to 14. I read it. It said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask him my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's prayer. God is telling you that if you must accomplish his work on this earth, yeah. you must do it in prayer. Yeah. Now, he said, the works that I did, you should do. Yes. How then did he do it? Because if you must do the works he did, you have to do it his own way. Right? Yes. He told Moses in the Bible, he said, according to the pattern that I showed you, that is the way you should build. Right? According yes. to the pattern that I've shown you, that mm -hmm. is the way you should build. So if this is the pattern that I sh he showed Moses, and Moses had to build according to the pattern, then we have to build according to the pattern of Jesus who is making this statement. Yeah. Jesus said to us that the works that I do, you will do, and greater works shall you do. Then he went further, he said, you should pray to God concerning anything in my name, and it will be done for you. But now, I need to ask myself some questions. Mm -hmm. Lord, if you say I should do your work, how did you do this work? How, what was the template you gave to us? The Bible will tell you that rising up a great while in the morning, what yes. happened? Jesus rose up yes. and went to a solitary place to pray. Yes. Rising up, or sometimes you hear him say, he prayed all night, right? Then sometimes you hear him that he will pray. And then in the daytime, he goes out and begins to say, Father, I thank you because you heard me. Now, when he, said, when he says that you, I thank you because you hear me, it's because he has, he has prayed the prayer in the middle of the night or in the early hours of the morning. And then he knows that God has answered him. So he is coming to look at the situation and perform the work. So how then am I going to do the works of Jesus? I will accomplish the works of Jesus or the assignment he has given unto me. Mm -hmm. All I have to do is do what? Wake up a great while and put my knees on the ground and cry to him. Yeah. How will I do it? Pray all night. How will I do it? Cry unto him at every given time or every given opportunity that I have. I pray to him. And then in the daytime, I can go out and look at a soul that is unsafe and say, Jesus loves you. And that, that word, Jesus loves you, is not just mere words. Yes. It will not just be those words that will come out and hit the person. The words, the spirit behind the word will hit the person. And suddenly the person will know that 
he needs Jesus in his life. Suddenly you begin to see them, they break in tears. They want Jesus, the Jesus that you have. Not because there is anything in the outward that attracts them to you, but there is something inside of you that you contacted in the place of prayer. So if you want to do the works of Jesus successfully, the way of the spirit, right? It yes. has to be done in the place of prayer. Yes, yes. To conclude on this, Zachariah said, it's not by power, it's not by might, but by my spirit. It's not by power, it's not by might, but by my spirit. Yes. And the same Zachariah said, I will pour upon you the spirit of supplication. So if he's pouring upon you the spirit of supplication, he is invariably saying to you, or technically speaking, he is saying to you that prayer, prayer yes. is the way to go, right? That is, it's not by power, it's not by might, it's by prayers. So wake up, pray, if you must do the works of Jesus. Because yes. if you want to do it in your power and strength, you will fail. Yes. You will fail. And so on and so forth. I don't know if you have something else to say with regards to that. Other than we can't do it in our own strength. We can, we can do it in our own strength. And yeah. That's why we pray. We depend yeah. on Jesus. We can't do it on our own strength. Right? That's now, good. my sweet one, number five. <laughs> okay. Prayer is a weapon of spiritual warfare. Yes, it is. It is yes, a weapon of spiritual warfare. Yes. Listen to me. The devil is throwing arrows. Psalm 91 is a proof of that. Yes. Arrows. The excellent. arrows are flying by day. Yes. And the one at noon, the one at night, arrows yes. are flying. And these arrows, they come in form of doubt. Listen to me. Hmm. Doubt is an enemy. Is an arrow shot by the enemy against you. Yes. Because the devil knows that when you doubt, you cannot receive. He said, let no other man think that he will receive anything from the Lord if he doubts. Yes. So what does he do? He shoots the arrow of doubt to you. A lot of things the devil shoots. Sometimes mm -hmm. it will be sickness. It will shoot in your body. Yeah. It will shoot a lot of things in form of arrow. Now, what is my defense? My defense yeah. is faith. In, or, faith, yes. faith in prayers. How do I put that? Yeah, I think I put that well. Right? Praying in faith. Yes. Is that all things whatsoever I shall ask in prayers, believing I shall receive. Mm -hmm. Right? So I can deal with doubt when I put my knees on the ground as yeah. I fellowship with him. Now, how does prayer deal with doubt for you? Let me explain. I am having conversation with you. Yes. The more I talk with you, the more I talk with you, the more yeah. I get to know you. Absolutely. Then I know, I, I can know that you will fail in this area when I need you to show up for me. Mm -hmm. I know that this area, you are going to come up and defend me, yes. right? So I already know, right? So mm -hmm. the area I know that I may not be able to get your help. I don't bother going in that direction. Now I have a knowledge of who you are. So the knowledge of who you are tells me what to trust you on. Now, when I am having conversation with Jesus every morning during my quiet time and so on and so forth, mm -hmm. when I'm praying to Jesus, what I am doing is I am learning who Jesus is. Yeah. And then suddenly I am beginning to trust his word. And as yeah. I trust his word, what happens? Suddenly, <laughs> suddenly I begin to know him. Yes. Suddenly 
doubt in that area. So for example, he reveals himself to me as my provider. Suddenly I begin to doubt, I, I begin to doubt myself that he will not provide me for me. Mm. I just know that he will provide. Yeah. Right. So prayer has a way of dealing with doubt and all the weapons the enemy will shoot at you. In Ephesians chapter 1, from verse 10 to verse 20, it talked about the weapons of our warfare. He said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What are those strongholds? The strongholds are in your mind. And yes. the, the strongholds in your mind most times are doubt, right? So he's pulling down strongholds. When I put my knees on ground, what am I doing? I am pulling down strongholds, strongholds that will want to stop me from fulfilling the will of God concerning my life. We yes. talked about knowing or having the full knowledge of the will of God concerning yes. us. Now I know the will of God. I still need prayer to accomplish the will of God for myself. Yes. Right? So every stronghold in my mind that wants to stop me from accomplishing the will of God. Okay, let me give you one stronghold the enemy can use. I want to go out and become a soul winner. I want to go and preach to a soul and tell him Jesus loves you. And then I have prayed for the soul. I have cried for the soul. Suddenly, the enemy put fear in me. Mm. He tell you what if this person refused to accept. That is a stronghold he has put in my mind. What then do I do? My prayer is not to pull down stronghold. Yeah. Then when I pull down that stronghold, I can walk up to them. The stronghold also may also not be me. The stronghold may be also the individual I am going to preach to. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it says the God of this world has blinded the minds of them who do not believe. So you are preaching to somebody it's as though you are hitting a ball on a wall and it's coming back to you. He's yeah. not receiving it. Or it's like you are pouring water on stone. The water, and then after a period of time, it gets dried up, right? So what am I doing? I am doing, I am, I am pulling down the stronghold in the life of that person. That demon that is holding him from accepting the, the truth of the gospel, the light of the gospel, I deal with it through the night and in the morning. And I look at him and I said to him, Jesus loves you and he has no option but to fall for it. And as he falls for it, he's saved. And then you know what the Bible says? There will be party in heaven. Yes. For yes. the soul, just one soul that is saved. He said, angels rejoice, rejoices. Yes. The heavens rejoice over one soul that has been restored, right? So how did I achieve that? I achieved that by pulling down strongholds. So prayer is a weapon of mass destruction in the kingdom of darkness. Yes. It's my ballistic missile. Yes. Okay, intercontinental ballistic missile. <laughs> I can from here release prayer and it will go straight down to the United States and save somebody. I know I have a lot and a lot of testimonies of my putting my knees on the ground, not even knowing what you are going through. And then I begin to pray. Suddenly, the person is being delivered from the issues. A lot of things when we get to heaven, that's when we will go, we'll get to know. I don't know how I became saved. One night I just woke up, I needed Jesus all by myself inside. Maybe somebody was praying. Maybe when I get to heaven, Jesus will heal that particular person. This is the person that was responsible for you to be saved. Yeah. And he did that. Wow. He put his knees on the ground and cried to God on my behalf. He yeah. prayed, Lord, deliver this one. And God delivered me. Today, I am also interceding for people. I am also encouraging you to use prayer as a weapon of mass destruction in the kingdom of darkness. And yeah. pull out people from darkness. Bring them, translate them into the kingdom of light. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, verse 18, he said, he has reconciled you unto himself so that you can become 
or, and then he has made you to become, uh, 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 he has given you the ministry of reconciliation. That is, you should now begin to reconcile people back to Jesus, yes. right? So he reconciled me to reconcile others. So, yes. and the way I can reconcile others is to kneel down and cry to God before walking up to them. Now, I usually tell people, I said, before you talk to anybody about God, talk to the people or talk to God about the about people. people. Before yes. you talk to anybody about God, talk to God about the anybody. <laughs> yeah, that's a beautiful one. All right. Yes. So prayer is a prerequisite to spiritual awakening. Mm. Now, this one is, is very paramount. Are you struggling with your spiritual life? Are you crying in your heart that, Lord, I lost something? Or possibly you were on fire for Jesus in the past, but the fire has gone down. The fire of prayer has gone down. In Leviticus chapter 6, verse 12 and 13, he said, the fire upon your altar shall ever be burning. Now the altar today is your heart. The fire upon your heart, the fire of prayer upon your heart shall ever be burning. It shall never go out. It shall never go out. Now, if you read preceding script, uh, verses to that verse, it says that you should remove the ashes, all the things that will quench the fire. Mm-hmm. You remember what Paul said? He said, quench not the spirit. Yes. Quench not the spirit of prayer. And so on and so forth. Right? But then you have now quenched the fire. The fire has been quenched. Like in the case of Samson. Samson. He said, I will do as like I used to do before. And then he realized the strength had gone. They have taken away the strength from him. Yes. Has your strength been gone, been taken away? Let me give you an assurance that God can restore. Yes. God can restore. There is restoration in scriptures. Have you lost your prayerful lifestyle? It can be restored. And the way to be restored, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 14. If you can, please, can you open it for me? Seven, maybe read from verse 13 before we get to 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Sorry, Chronicles. Did I say Corinthians? Oh, Chronicles. Oh, that's a complete. That's, okay, all right. 2 Chronicles. I know you know it, but we we'll have to look at it. 7. Verse 13 and 14. 13 and 14. Okay. If I shut up heaven... That there be no rain. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If I shut up heaven, that there will be no rain. That is, if my spiritual life is dead. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Or if I command the locusts to devour the land. Oh my God. You remember the book of Jewel and the locust army? Oh my God. said they come and devour. So your spiritual life has been destroyed. And the enemy has already taken over. And it has invaded your spiritual space. And then you are struggling with yourself. Go on. Or if I send pestilence among my people. Yes. The sickness and things. Yes. And I remember once you explained that when you're spiritually sick, you're not hungry. So you don't eat the word. <laughs> you don't yeah. you don't read your Bible. You don't pray. Yeah. Spirit, spiritually spiritually sick. sick people don't eat. Or yeah. if, in natural, sick people don't want to eat. Yes. So, so in the same way, spiritual sick people don't want to eat. Right. Yeah. Yes. But verse 15 says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and look at it. 
mm-hmm. and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now look at it. Look at it again. If my people. Yes. He wasn't talking about outsiders. No. Talking about his his own people. Yes. Yes. Who are called by my name. Who, what is happening in verse 13 is already happening in their lives. Yes. Shall humble themselves and pray Mm -hmm. and seek my face. Then turn from their wicked ways. But it starts with humbling yourself to pray. Yes. So you humble yourself and say, Lord, I have missed it. Mm-hmm. I put myself down on the floor. Show me mercy. Yes. He said, humble yourself and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. Then what did he do? He said, I will hear from heaven. Now, just play your part. Leave his part. He's faithful to his word. Yes. But then I will hear from heaven and I will heal your land. Are you seeking your spiritual walk with God? Is your yes. prayer life dead? Listening to me and listening attentively. Humble yourself. Pray to God. Seek his face. He will hear from heaven. He will heal your land. He will restore that prayer, that prayer of prayer life back. Yes. That hair of yours that the enemy has cut will grow again. Yes. I tell you the truth. It will grow again. If it grow for something, it will grow for you. I am assuring you, whatever that is dead in your life, Jesus is ready to restore. All he asks of you is to humble yourself and pray. Yes. Humble yourself and pray. Yes. Humble yourself and pray. If you will humble yourself and pray, uh, then he will come. Yeah. I tell you the truth. He's not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. Has he said a thing and not make it good? Has he spoken a thing and not bring it to pass? Yes. Now, the last one. Now, I know we are supposed to be talking about also the result or the but time I don't know whether the time is against us also but then but then the last one on why I should pray yes prayer valuable to God yes prayer I would read, I want you to read two scriptures for me prayer is valuable to God yes Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come to God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Now look at it. Jesus ever liveth to make intercession. Jesus ever liveth. Now, all what he is doing today mm-hmm. is intercession. Intercession is valuable to you. To him. Yes. To further buttress that point, look at Revelation chapter 5, verse 8. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts mm-hmm. and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. Look at it. The prayer of saint is what? It's, it calls it an incense. That's yeah. an incense he was talking about there, yes. right? And yeah. what is an incense? What is an incense? Incense is what they use to produce the perfume, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
the prayer of the saint from Revelation 5, the prayer of the saint is incense to him. So as you pray, you are giving him something he loves. Yes. So prayer is valuable to Jesus. Prayer is valuable to our Father in heaven. Yes. So if you are not praying, you are denying the Father of value. He loves this value called prayer. Yeah. If you are a prayerful Christian, you are a loved Christian because you are giving Jesus value. You are giving him incense to breathe on and to enjoy. Yes. Wow. I close with this. Maybe next time we are going to deal with prayerlessness. Mm-hmm. Of prayerlessness. But I close with this. Do you want to be recognized in heaven? Be a man of prayer. Mm-hmm. Be an intercessor. Yes. Wake up. Take one individual that is not saved in your life and intercede for him. Tell God and say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I want the salvation of this, my brother. Yes. Do you want heaven to come? See, we don't do things because we want people to see us, right? This is why prayer is better off than any of no. Okay, let me not do all those comparisons. But then prayer is good. You understand? So yes. wake up, give yourself to prayer, and you will see the hand of God in your life. As you walk on the street, you will literally begin to feel as though God was standing by you. That's the kind of life I want to live, where I am so conscious of the presence of Jesus that I know that he's with me. I move this confidence. The Bible says, but this is the confidence that we have in him, that when we pray according to his will, he heareth us. So I go with this confidence with my shoulder high, knowing that there is nothing the devil can do to me. You know why? Because I have contacted some knowledge while I was praying to him. And this knowledge may not necessarily be that I am asking God for anything. You know, when you pray to God, there's beyond the answer that he gives to you, there's a glowing that happens to you. There's, a, there's an answer that you did not ask for. When you ask God to give you a car, as you are asking for it, he's also adding some value to your life. Yes, yes. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Thank you, Pastor Ray. Um, I really appreciate this teaching on the effectiveness of prayer. Um, I do appreciate all that you've said and you really went into some good scriptures and I hope our listeners and viewers are encouraged to pray, encouraged to give God some sweet fragrances, encouraged that when we pray the word of God, when we remind him of his word, when we plead our cause that he will hear us, um, when we pray in the name of Jesus, that we will receive. Be encouraged. Start praying today. Thanks, friends. Thank you.